Welcome everybody to the Spawn of Me podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams, and this is episode 128 of our show. I am joined this week and every week with my man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, the man who hits all the high notes when he sings the Five Heartbeats theme song, Cicero Holmes. How are you, sir? I got nothing but love for you, baby. Uh, yeah, that, those are the opposite. Anyway, right, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> the, the opposite of the high notes. I always wanted to be choir boy. Yeah. You, oh, you wanted to be choir boy? You wanted to run away and then come back out once you knew that everybody was down for y'all? <laughs> I just didn't want to get shot. Oh, okay. Or, or, or dangled, dangled off the balcony? Basically. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing great. Um, you know, I was, uh, I was the captain now for uh, the last couple of weeks. And it was it was nice, but man, it is good to have you back. What's happening, bro? How are you? How are you doing? I'm good, man. Thank you so much for for holding it down. You and Reef just making sure that the ship Bracago is still afloat and rolling down the river like it's supposed to. <laughs> do 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 do. <laughs> I'm happy you did not tell me to sing it the way you want me to sing. <laughs> I'm so happy that did not happen. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm doing okay. Thank you to everyone who this, this two weeks has been really trying yeah. and it's been so amazing to see all the love and support from our fam, folks who don't know me and know me and my wife, uh, who have given us all the magical leads that we need to kind of try to figure out how we're going to get employed again. Um, and it's been, it's been one of those things that when you look at the internet and you're just like, see the kind of craziness that goes on and the terribleness that happens. Those are the moments when you know that human beings can be really, really awesome and dope. So thank you to everyone who's out there who is sharing some, some love and, and who continues to send us stuff. We've been still getting <clears throat> leads and, and, and um, uh, links and people looking out for stuff and saying, Hey, there's an opening here. Um, it's been really heartfelt and been super amazing. And, you know, from the bottom of our heart, team Adams, is super thankful uh, for all of you out there, and, and it's been real dope. So, thank you again for that, and uh, hire me, please. I, I need a job. So, yes. <laughs> word, uh, yeah, hire car. Um, and I'm gonna throw it to my brother from another mother. He is the man who makes gaming looks good. He makes STEM looks good. He makes mini froze look good. It is Sharif Jackson of SharifJackson.com. How are you, sir? What up, what up, man? Also very happy to ha- have the captain back at the helm. Um, and also, when I was young, I thought the Five Harpies was an actual group. Word. Like, when I saw the movie, I was like, like, yo, like, I just I just thought it was some older group from my parents' generation. Right. So I started, you know, obviously, like, you couldn't just Google it. So I was, like, looking through my dad's records <laughs> and, like, you know, trying to, trying to find all this stuff. And, yeah, kind of, uh, I really did think that they were for real. Yeah. It's, isn't it kind of sad that they, that it wasn't a real deal? I mean, it basically was, like, an amalgamation yes. of like three different groups. It was basically like the Temptations and the Manhattans and you know I don't know the OJs. You know, but 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 yeah, I mean, but yeah, it, it, like the stories that that transpired. I mean, it was definitely heavily inspired by by the Temptations' real life story. Yes. Um, yeah. and, and a lot of the things that, tra- that, that went, what, that went down in the five heartbeats movie 
were uh, things that were um, kind of embellished from or, or directly ripped from from the temptation story. What was your favorite five heartbeats moment? Go ahead. See. Oh, uh, my favorite five heartbeats moment um, has got to be. I mean, it's got to be when they when they first go and they make the girl they make the girl lose herself. She she kind of has a moment <laughs> in the in the in the in the spot, and uh, you know, duck ducks like you messing up my music, and he pushes the dude out of the out of the the chair, and he starts playing the piano, and everybody starts singing, and it's crazy. Yeah, heart a heart is a house of love, baby. Word, yeah. Reef, my, my my favorite part was like really like right um, at the beginning when like it showed them kind of like at that first kind of like um, it was like a like a contest or something where like they were basically you know they had like first you know got together and they were trying to sing and it basically ended with all kind of like it was like gambling it was like people getting shot i was like this movie is dope (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah yeah it was it was a really good start to uh well for me it was a really good start to a movie because i was i was like yo this is real i was just uh i think my favorite part was when I mean, big red scene is, is yes. the iconic scene in that movie. He basically rushes, gets hung outside of a balcony. Yeah. yeah. It's like, my hours are from nine to five. <laughs> <laughs> that made like everybody scared to fuck with people. Yeah. yeah. Hey. The, sh- after their work hours. Suge <laughs> Knight took that to heart, man. Yeah. He, he, really, he really rocked with that. He really he was not. He was not playing. He nope. was living. He was living that life. He was. he was living that big red life. Yep. Now he's living that knocked out life. Um, <laughs> <No>. Speaking <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of getting knocked out, um, today we are um, recording on the fifty fifth birthday of the president. Um, happy birthday to uh, Barack Obama! Your last last uh, six months, your last birthday to celebrate as POTUS. Um, you know, it's been a great eight years and to celebrate his eight years in office, um, two white supremacists were knocked the fuck out today. Um, (laughs) so in prison, Dylan Roof, the, uh, the terrorist who, uh, shot up the church in Charleston, South Carolina was, uh, had the shit kicked out of him. Um, hopefully literally. And uh, and everyone's favorite fake Mexican, George Zimmerman, was also beat the fuck up today. So uh, shout out to uh, to those of you who have uh, committed these acts of heroism. Um, <laughs> me oh, God. and the rest of Bricago salutes you. Wait, I'm, Happy I'm, birthday, I'm, Mr. I'm just so confused because I thought the problem was radical Islamic terrorism. That's all right. I've heard. That, yeah. that is the... <laughs> That is the terrorism that exists. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I just want to. I just want to think that everybody was dressed up like Arrow when they beat his ass. Oh, oh man, be you dope. have failed this culture. Failed this culture. I just. I just want. I just want it to be that in my head. I, I bet Stephen like, Amell did show us. Like, like, yes, I bet he did. Please, please. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my God! The interesting thing about all that is that now. Because and it was it was crazy because so we saw all the stuff that's happened in the past week uh, with uh, with the sister Karen 
Corinne. Yes. How do you pronounce her name? Yes. Corinne. Uh, this is Corinne who was killed uh, in her home, and she was shot by police. Her son, her five-year-old son, was shot by police and killed. Not killed. No, but, uh, just shot. Yeah. yeah, just shot. And then you have these two cats who committed crimes and killed people and and have dodged justice in many many ways now getting a smidge of that justice kind of repaid towards them but the crazy thing was in the dylan roof case was the guy who beat him up in jail they reposted that dude's mugshot and his information and that is that to me seems like it's unprecedented i've never seen that done where they were like hey there was a fight in jail here's a picture of the dude that had a fight yep. in jail with another dude right i've never seen that in his my full life. name no. right his, full name and everything yeah. full name and former employer yeah yeah shout out all, to waffle house shout out to all waffle that house. stuff <laughs> just on the internet but the crazy thing is someone posted or found out because it's all public records what his commissary, <laughs> I guess, information is, and I think people are going to donate to his commissary for beating his ass. Hey, I'm not going to say that you should do that, but I'm also not going to say that you shouldn't. I mean, make make jail great again. Yes, yes, I guess um, something. Well, I, you know what? Make, make commissary. I, I, I have a, I have a question though. So what? Okay, what is taking this guy's trial so long? I I'm still like the Charleston shooting happened like almost like a, year a year ago. Yeah, yeah he admitted year, to he it, admitted and to they're it. still saying that he's accused. Like he killed people in a, a church in he's cold blood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like accused killer of blah 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 blah. I'm like this is ridiculous. It's crazy. Um, it's this is the America that we live in. Yeah. That is that is that is not the happiest way to start over show. Right. Um. But the, but but yeah. Uh. Uh. Happy thing that happened was last week. With uh, the very amazing Deborah Button, she uh, she makes me smile. I am so sad. After it, it's funny because when I if I'm not on a show and I get the chance to listen to it during the week that I'm not on, I'm always sad that I'm just not. I wasn't able to make that show. This show especially, I'm so sad I was not able to make it to be on that show because Deb, you are awesome. The stuff that you were talking about and dropping so much knowledge, it really made me feel ten times smarter. And knowing that you're a part of our part of our extended family that makes me so excited and so happy that that you were down with us so thank you so much for being on the show with us and everybody if you have not checked out that show you need to check that show out that is a must listen um and definitely be able to take some some of that knowledge home and share it in in front of people especially when you're at trivia night just like yeah this is the joint that i learned yeah i've been i've I've been reading about the brain all week man like (laughs) i've been on these websites like trying to get my uh, brain game up so uh Thank you, Deb, so much for uh, yeah. being a great guest. Yeah, and li- and listen, listen to her show, uh, her podcast, Neurocurious. It's it's really really good. It's super dope, super dope. So let's get into episode one twenty eight. Uh, let's see, we have a lot of stuff on our docket this week. A lot of stuff that we've been playing and touching and hanging around and doing. Oh, um, <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. What is going on? Oh, I've been unemployed, man. You got to find something. <laughs> what do you what do you think? What do you think you could do in twenty four hours? Uh, yeah. Just looking for jobs? Right. <laughs> what do you think this is? My forearms are mad big. Mad big. <laughs> <laughs> Punching holes through <laughs> through oh, job applications. Man. Anywho, anywho, there was a conversation that happened uh, with our folks over on Polygon 
from Patrick Stafford, who is one of their writers over there. And they were talking about uh, esports being uh, in the Olympics because, you know, it's Olympic season. Olympics are about to, right. to happen in a couple of weeks. Uh, no, like almost, no, almost, no, like, it, it's week? happening now. No, no, it's, no not. it's not. Well, it's not. when it's not. this when this is recorded, yes, it's it'll yes. be like we'll be in the throes of the Olympics. Yeah, the opening it's, game, it's this weekend. the uh, opening ceremony is Friday. Friday, right? Tomorrow. Cool. Um, uh, my bad. But but by by Sunday, everyone will have been robbed by. <laughs> <laughs> or they'll have Zika. <laughs> well, they'll have Zika, and they'll, they'll be either robbed. have Zika or they would burglarize. I mean, the freak of Zika virus is coming. Yo. Yes, It'll yes. It's already in Florida, anyway. So they talked talking about it in this article is, is asking if esports has gotten to the point where it should be something that's included in in in, in as an Olympic event. Um, I I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, well, I, I, I think it's pretty interesting because there's a section in this article, which is uh, on uh, Polygon, by the way, uh, yeah. by uh, Patrick Stafford. Um, yeah. There's a, a section on it where where it talks about um, sort of like the like history of like how sports actually got added. And it talks about how like originally a lot of the sports, you know, they like have to have kind of a tie in. Um, and it was kind of... C- kind of classes because because a lot of these sports were, were kind of tied into like a things that the upper social classes did sure um which which is why things like uh football and baseball and like even basketball took a long time to to um be actually actually added so like uh that's that's why you like always saw things like archery and you know in the track mm-hmm. and field stuff and and uh, that kind of stuff. But the most interesting part, I thought, was that a lot of people obviously talk about, well, like, things aren't physical enough, blah, blah, blah. But we do know that for the first year, golf is being added to, like, this Olympics. Right. Um, y- y- you know, so, so, like, it's not really, a, like, a question of the physicality of it. Um, and they also say that the, that the uh, IOC has... Has I considered other th- other things like uh, chess and like a uh, card games, and that they basically said that like these are uh, quote unquote mind games, um, and uh, and uh, not exactly fits um, in their definition of like a sport. Um, but the Olympic Charter doesn't really have a strict definition of what a sport is. Right. Um, I personally think that. Given the fact that esports require a ton and ton and ton of coordinated team training, tons of of companies sponsorship, and tons of money, and has huge international audiences, I think it's a no brainer. Um, it's interesting, maybe not immediately, but I think it's a no brainer eventually. Um, well, be. Because the Olympics are an international thing, and while esports isn't, I think, as big in the U.S. as it is other places, it's huge internationally. So I think that the like Olympics will be a good kind of coming out party for esports. Well, I'm going to say this: I, I think it's a no-brainer that it shouldn't be. Um, I I agree that uh, esports athletes are uh, that they participate in a sport. Um, you know even though it's an electronic one uh, that it does take lots of training and coordination and teamwork 
to to uh, propel your team forward to victory. But I don't think that it is an Olympic level sport. One, two. The 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 the, the real first question is, like, what game are they going to play? Like, I mean, so you know, people talk about esports and they just say esports and and forget that like, you know, esports is not just one particular game. It's there are literally dozens of games that people are playing at a a professional competitive level in the esports arena. Yeah, but I don't so, think that's the primary question what game it is. I think like it could be in like there's a, there's like several major esports games right now that like I don't think that's the problem is finding the game. Well, I think their problem is if gaming itself can be considered uh, you know, Olympic level sport and it sounds like you said that like you're not sure about it, right? Right. Well, I, I well, I don't think I don't think that it could be an Olympic level. I I don't think that it could be an Olympic level sport in in so much that it's just not an Olympic level sport. Like it's just not an Olympic sport. Um, but but you know you talk about oh there's you know there's several games to choose from, but all right so you choose one game, what what is the criteria for leaving the other games that they there were to choose from out? I think you would have to kind of break it down into its kind of independent parts, and then try to compare them to other sports that are already included in terms of. Uh, does it take a certain amount of physical skill or mental aptitude or uh, it, are there are there parts of it that are super difficult to do in comparison to, you know, various other sports that are in there? So like in, in comparison to like if you had Street Fighter, right? So Street Fighter 5 would be the, the particular game that you would pick, right? right. If you're going to use a fighting game in, in this respect. Mm-hmm. And then you you kind of push all the things that make a Street Fighter player at their top level really good. Eye-hand coordination, twitch reflexes, uh, 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 strategy. Choosing Chun-Li. Yeah, you know, spinning fire kick. And the psychological part of it, too. Right. And the psychological part. And then you you compare it to a sport that also has, has already gotten inclusion and say, well... Does it have some of those same characteristics? There are some that are already in there, some that I love that I would say aren't as physically taxing or have you have that kind of uh, uh, doesn't have a need for the same kind of mental fortitude that you would need to be in that stuff. So it's like Street Fighter would be something that you could have. And then would that supplant something like curling? Well, curling is an Olympic sport. That's the winter. That's a winter Olympic sport. But it's a and but it's you, an Olympic sport, and you can never you can never supplant curling. How it, dare you? That's a, I, you shouldn't because curling is fucking dope. Yeah, how dare you? But but that's what I'm saying is like you'd have to kind of have the one to one comparison, and then kind of break things down in that way and say, well, what does what characteristics of a top tier player would you need to compete, and then how would you kind of plant that out and sparse that out because the training aspect of that is a whole other thing. You know what I mean? It's like, we don't have training houses. We kind of do here in, in the, in the United States. They're just not sponsored by anyone. Right, They're not right. really sanctioned by, uh, by an Olympic yeah, body. Yeah, but that's why I think this is perfect for the Olympics. Cause the Olympics is not America's thing. 
and in Europe and in Korea, they do have training houses, yeah, and they do have built-in audiences, and they built up like the stories behind these like players, like they follow them. They have all the things that you need to have like a entertaining lead up, even beyond the actual game. Like these people in the fighting game community and the Starcraft community and the League community, they all have like personalities, and they all, you know, even 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 the uh, casters have like personalities, right, and right, s- s- stories and stuff. So I feel like all those elements they've sort of been testing out over the last couple years in these professional leagues, and yeah, I th- I think they have a lot going for them, but they do ha- have to get over that big hump, which is you know as as you said, um, see, you, you know, can can this be classified as an Olympic level sport? So you know? I, 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 w- I want to posit something to you guys. So I'm going to say definitively that esports shouldn't be in the Olympics. But what I would love to say for for all of the reasons that I that I had presented before. Um, but what I would love to see is an Olympics of esports. I mean, don't and, they kind of have that already? No, I mean no. there there are these there are the championships run by different leagues for different games yeah. and but those are you know those are teams that are put together but they're not necessarily put together by region by country of origin I would love to mm. see countries of origin you know, like I would love to see the USA go out there and a team, a league team that goes out there and they play league for the USA and a Dota team and a Rainbow Six Siege team and, a, you know, uh, uh, whatever, whatever the esport game is, the Overwatch team. I would love to see that. Um, that would be dope. Yeah, yeah that would like, be dope. If it was like a centralized thing and right, the let's countries do, get points. Right, and ranked let's do 10 days of of people and you know countries all around the world playing esports with casters and have that be broadcast put it in a central location and have that be broadcast uh around the world um either on tv or on the internet on twitch wherever you know wherever you want it to be um you know call us in Bricago. we will uh we will cover it um i think it's dope let's let's do it Let's that would be it. really dope, actually, because I think I think it then pulls in another kind of tier of competition. Like right. you already kind of know who the people are in those spaces who are who are really good and who are bubbling to the top and people that we already have kind of seen for a long time over a particular amount of years. It was funny. I was talking to um, somebody I know who was a top uh, Gears player and he was like, yeah, I'm about to get back into the into the, the game because the Gears tournament is going to be coming back and they have a million dollar pot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a player like that being able to represent the Bronx and from represent the United States being able to do that would be fairly cool because right. we see so many different versions of stuff where Evo has their own thing right. and Call of Duty has their own thing. Right. Why not put them all together? Yeah, that would be yeah. awesome. That would be cool. Yeah, That would be really dope. Good, good job, C. Thank you. You guys are welcome. Organize it. Yeah, now, now, now put it together. Now do it. <laughs> I have said it. Now do it. There it is. Boom. Make it, make it happen. Make, use, use, use some of those uh, connects you guys. All right. Well, yeah, let's organize it. Hey, listen, seriously, though, um, Bricago, what do you guys think of that? Um, what do you think about uh, potentially an eSports Olympics? Uh, that that, that so actually made me think of the Laugh Olympics. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> dating yourself with Hannah yeah, Barbera. Hey, Listen, I'm old. References. Bro. I am old, bro. I was a fan of the uh, Yogi Yahoo's, by the way. Yeah, the Yogi uh, Yahoo's. I was actually. You know what, though? Here's here's a downside to that. that oh, okay. I just thought. About. What is that? One of the coolest things about the Olympics, especially, well, it happens in both the summer and winter Olympics, is the stories of these Uber athletes being cordoned off. In these Olympic villages and having all the butt naked sex that you possibly have because they're Uber, in, man. Yeah. they be getting it. They get it. In. Yeah. So what's the, what's the downside to that? That there e- won't be sports athletes having sex with other esports athletes. <laughs> hey, hey, it listen, what they do, what the, right? Exactly, <laughs> what they do is what they do. Oh, love no, is man. love, That's bro. Gross. That's gross. Hey, listen, love is love, bro. <laughs> don't, yeah, man. Come on, don't rain on nobody's parade. I don't, let him, I don't, let want, get I don't want my favorite. I don't want my favorite Twitch stars getting butt. Oh, oh you are, you are, you are anti ass. What is up with you? <laughs> not, not, not on my butt. Not on my dime. Right. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want. I don't want our government spending money on that. Oh, never, oh. never, ever, ever. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. So, uh, Ricardo, let us know what you think of the esports Olympics. Um, you know, if if uh, we we started here, man, you never know, man. You know, yeah. People listen. Yeah, people listen. exactly. So I I do not have an Oculus. I have not made it into the VR space yet. I know Cicero. Everything in his mind is in VR, so that that just turns it up. up. He see he sees dead people, live people, yeah, people in three D anyway. Uh, but our brother from another mother, Sharif Jackson, I know that you have jumped into the VR boat in some form or fashion. Is that correct? As have I, man. This is true. Um, I do own an Oculus Rift. Um, you know, I was really excited about it. I upgraded my computer for it um, because the new NVIDIA cards came out and they were fairly affordable. Um and you know i uh doubled my ram up to 16 gigs even though i didn't need to i would just like fuck it um and yeah i've been really really enjoying it and the one game that i wanted to talk to um, talk about that has really i think blown me away more than any game so far on on the oculus at least um is a game on the oculus rift Yes, on on the Oculus Rift. Yes, I don't mean to demean the uh, Samsung Gear VR. It's folks. the Oculus Gear VR for Samsung. Oh my God! Such a <laughs> oh my God. Hey, you send your checks too, Stubby Stan. I wish care, somebody would send us checks. Like Ricardo. all the people who don't send us checks, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, such as uh, Mr. Caesar's here, right? Um, yes. Yeah, so, um, so um, there's a game called Dirt Rally VR. Um, and what this game is, is it's basically, you know, it's like you racing on like a hill or like on like a plains and it's like dirt racing. So it's like really tight turns. Um, basically, just just like imagine like the final race in every Fast and Furious movie just in the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, it is it's like it's literal ra- rally. Racing, yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. Uh, this is rally racing. So like it's. It, it's it's like you're you're racing against DK like the Drift King in uh, Tokyo Drift, uh, <laughs> except you are in the dirt. Um, and this is probably the most maybe it's very immersive, but it's the most enjoyably immersive game because it's a game that requires you 
you know, obviously to drift around tight corners um, and to, you know, really take it easy because, you know, you can fall off this, this cliff. And let me tell you something, when you drive off something in VR, that shit feels horrible. (laughs) It feels horrible. And they give you a prompt really quick to reset your like vehicle. But even in that little bit, like, it feels bad. Like I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, Mama. Yeah. Um, but the uh, cool thing about this game is obviously, so there's dirt flying all over the place. So, so, so like as, as you turn kind of left and right, like you're looking out the windows and you're seeing all the trees go past all the dirt flying on, on the windows. Um, and basically the, um, person next to you is like reading out all the up uh, all the upcoming turns but he's reading them out in like really mechanical like racing language so, oh okay so like that almost makes it even cooler because i kind of it's a language that i didn't really understand until i played it twice and and then like i was like all right so like if like he's saying like R sixty, then L. I'm like, all right, I kind of know that like that means like a sixty degree right turn and like a, a like immediate left and like a, that kind of stuff. And it just feels so cool because like you're sliding all over the place, and this guy is like in this really calm kind of kind of like a British voice is like just just like reading out to you turns, um, <laughs> and it's just I mean, basically just the whole landscape is in front of you and on the sides. So like you can see other Hills, other mountains. It honestly, God feels like you are, you are in this thing. And I know that kind of sounds like a back of the box quote or like whatever, but it really does. I mean, I have, it, it is experiences like this that I wish people that are on the fence about VR could just, try it out and i know they have some demo stations you know in game stops or psvr some pink eye stations and uh, that kind of stuff but this is the only thing that will sell vr is people have to experience yeah. it yeah. Um, so so i have a couple of quick questions sure, on up? that then so <clears throat> i'm looking at a video of it now and they're showing me the the kind of uh, viewpoint of someone looking through their their headset <clears throat> and i can see the person's kind of hands jostling the 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 steering wheel how are you how are you controlling the steering yeah, wheel is it with- so so like i'm controlling with the xbox one controller oh okay, right? okay, okay. um okay. yeah so so um because oculus doesn't have it doesn't have oculus touch didn't come yeah, out yeah ex- exactly so it doesn't have the motion controllers yet so everything is like either either a keyboard and mouse or 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 the, or the xbox one i pretty much use the one controller for everything though because most of the games are like built with that in mind um but but yes so like you don't quite get the 100 percent immersion as if you were using like the touch things to to like steer but you do get like the force feedback on the uh, controller and on the uh, analog sticks as well but it's just really cool because you know you're you're looking back front and and in reverse too if like you want to look in back of you and it just i mean i don't know what else to say except it feels like you're actually on a hill like it it like reminds me of i don't know if like uh you guys have like ever been to like the um caribbean or or like to like other uh, countries where 
you're like driving on some random bus or van up some huge hill right. and the yeah, guy yeah. is like going too fast and like you're like holy shit what the fuck you know <laughs> it felt like that it like reminded me of like that of like being on this hill where like there's like hardly any gate like separating you from like right. you know, certain death, death. <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> um and yeah it, it's just i i couldn't recommend this game high high enough um one thing about vr because the cost of entry is so high you and and you know and there's not a million games for it it's like it's no problem to buy like a $50 game if it's good you know and this is a $50 game and oh really wow yeah oh yeah yeah and even if you don't love racing i would still suggest if you have an oculus rift i think it's out for the vive too um, I think this is like a must get. This is probably the first must get VR game that I'd recommend to wow. um, people that I have it. It's great. Wow. Okay, it is fantastic. Yeah. So I, uh, I have the Gear VR, um, and obviously the experience is not going to be as um, enriching or as immersive or as uh, um, you know graphically highbrow as the oculus rift but uh while i was already excited about virtual reality before i before i got my uh, gear vr uh i am definitely an evangelist for uh virtual reality as a result of playing the gear vr and uh the there is a controller for the for the the gear vr um but it's like 60 bucks so I didn't buy that, but I do have my uh, Xbox One S uh, and two brand new Xbox One S uh, controllers that run Bluetooth. So I'm going to try. I haven't done it yet, um, but I'm going to try to see if I can um, pair my Bluetooth enabled controllers to my um, phone and uh and see if i can't um make that work because that would be dope so so real quick because i know <clears throat> i don't have any vr to talk about so i feel left out but i want to <laughs> <laughs> i i know you just said you got your uh xbox one the new one the yes S. you want to say any quick things about it real fast uh it's dope it's it's uh dumb small it is like is that a box of the, bo- a a back of the box yeah <laughs> Yo, it was dumb, dumb small, small, small son Dumb yes, small, small Caesars. Um, it's um, it is as thin as a PlayStation Four, but not as deep. Um, it it is still whisper quiet. It runs a little bit faster than the original Xbox One. So now I have there are three Xbox Ones in my house right now so uh so we you know we're playing games together and uh, my son and i were playing uh the same game loading at the same time uh we were playing overwatch and i would load into the game faster than he did so that was that was really cool um the new controllers you didn't realize that the backs the back of the xbox one controller was was uh, a little too slippery until you actually get to hold the new Xbox One controller with the textured grips on on the back on the backside. Um, it does make it a lot easier to hold. 
um, and and the D pad is is nicer than the original Xbox One um, controller. I didn't have so this is the third iteration of the Xbox One controller. I didn't have any of the second ones. I bought two of those for uh, my son and uh, and ostensibly my stepson. So they have them. I haven't I haven't messed around with them yet. Is that um, including I, the Pro controller or is that separate? No, no, not not the Elite. I'm not even talking okay. about the Elite controller. Okay. So there there have been three iterations of the Xbox One controller. The the original one that came out with the launch um, and then there's a second one where it had the three and a half millimeter jack on it. Um, so you could plug your headphones directly into the controller. And now this third one that came out with the Xbox one S wow. with Bluetooth. So I didn't realize um, there were they, that many on the basic controller. Like yeah. it's only oh, been yeah. out for a few years. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and they've made some refinements on, to it. Um, you can definitely tell like the shoulder buttons are uh, a little bit more pronounced. They're easier to, to uh to hit and uh you know i mean at least for right now the 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 system is is pretty solid um i have yet to get my 4k tv i will have it later on this month so um most likely so i'll I'll be able to tell you what the difference is in 4k both uh video and um the up up res 4k gaming that that allegedly is coming coming along with the with the system mm-hmm. so uh we'll uh you know stay tuned yeah. at the, towards the end of the month for that and, and what's what's the story with the connect adapter oh so um the so unfortunately with from microsoft they said oh yeah you can get the connect adapter the connect adapter is 40 dollars, but if you are an owner of the original xbox one and have a, an owner of the original Connect for the Xbox One, and you buy an Xbox One S, you can get that adapter for free. Um, but on launch day on Tuesday, they weren't available. Um, as of this morning, I ordered mine. So it should be here, uh, they said, up to 10 business days, but usually it takes less time. I already got the uh, FedEx tracking number, so it should be here within a week or so. So like right so, now, like you can't connect it at all to the connect. So yeah, so yeah, there is no way to connect the connect um, <laughs> oh, to geez. to the Xbox One S. There isn't a port for it. It does take a special port. Um, okay. So so that adapter will give you that port, and then you can plug it in uh, via USB to the back of the Xbox One S. Um, my suggestion to people would be to get yourself. There are still three. Uh, USB ports on the Xbox One S, um, like the Xbox One. The difference is that if you have Connect on the Xbox One, that had its own special port, and now you're going to be taking away one of your rear um, USB ports when when you get the Xbox One adapter or the Connect adapter for the Xbox One S. So I would recommend getting a USB hub. Uh, and plugging that in, they are compatible. Um, you can get one for you know ten or twenty bucks uh, from Amazon or you know wherever you want to go. Or I think you can just still use your headset and talk talk to. Cortana well, yes, yes. So I can favor. still do that now. So Cortana, the the new update uh, finally rolled out for non preview members. The summer update with Cortana 
um, who is a personal assistant. And so basically think uh, Siri or Google Now um, on your Xbox One uh, or if you have Windows 10, it, it operates much the same way that it does on your Windows 10 device. Um, but in addition to doing all the things like telling you what the weather is or, um, you know, telling you where flights would, you know, flights to uh, Amsterdam are leaving from Chicago. Um, you can also uh, turn on, you know, turn on your Xbox, turn off your Xbox. Um, you can also send messages. Or if I wanted to know if Sharif was on, I could just ask Cortana if Sharif was on. And, huh. and Cortana would come back and tell me, oh, That's yeah, Sharif's cool. on right now. This is the game that he's playing. Um, if I want to send a message, I could say, uh, I could tell Cortana to send a message to Khalif and tell Cortana what the message is. And, and she would say it. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I is, mean, I, really I downloaded cool. it through the pre- preview program and messed around with it a bit. And it, it does feel a lot better than the kind of default connect, uh, stuff that they, they had kind of voice recognition stuff in there. And it's interesting too, because I know that, you know, you have to train your, your assistant, your connect, and you have to train Cortana a little bit as well. But even from straight out the box, out of, well, not out of the box, but straight out of the, the, the <laughs> update, uh, it felt, it felt a lot more responsive and it felt a lot better. And it seems like something that I would actually use more now. Um, so, uh, the, the cool thing is again, you can use it via your headset. Um, the problem I'm having with it is we were this was a household that that openly used connect and um, we understood the commands. So, you know, the family would come in, Xbox on, Xbox off, change the channels, do do all the things that you wanted it to do. Well, you can still do that now, but the phrasing is longer and I now have to retrain the people that don't typically game on the system on how to operate this this piece of you know this this media device that we have been using for the last two and a half years in a in a completely different way and uh, so so I think there will be some growing pains in my household only because we had we had grown accustomed to the the way the multimedia stuff worked via voice control prior to uh, the the Cortana update. And there's no way for you to... You can turn Cortana off and just use the Xbox stuff, but you can't use them in tandem. Hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's actually really really dope. I'm I'm happy to see that uh, everybody who I've heard who's gotten their new uh, S's have said that they really, really dig it so far and that they're having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. I haven't heard um, any negative things about it. Like people love it. Yeah. Yeah. People are, people are pretty, pretty excited about it. And, and kudos for Microsoft. Like I know we talked about it at E3 and during the process of talking about, you know, should you wait for Scorpio? And is this a, is this a weird kind of stopgap and things like that? But it feels like overall people are really excited about it. The power brick is inside of it. I wonder, I wonder and hope that that doesn't become a thing right. that people. That's what I'm afraid of. Uh, you know that that, that right. winds up biting them in the butt right. somehow. We don't want another kind of recurrence of the the red ring of death. Um, I think they're so we'll I think see. they're aware of of that potential pitfall and sure. and have prepared themselves. At least yeah. I would like to believe so. Um, the other thing that I think is really being interesting and and you know we'll find this out towards the end of the month or beginning of next month is 
the um, the amount of people that I guess the interest level in the Xbox One S was far greater than anyone could have anticipated. I remember going to a couple of uh, local Game Stops and asking them, you know, just kind of casually about uh, the Xbox One S, and they and they said, "Man, you know, there are several people that I know have Xbox Ones." that are interested in the Xbox One S and and you know our pre-order list and our interest list is much much greater than than we had anticip- anticipated and in fact on Tuesday when the One uh, S came out uh, was released to the to the public uh, Xbox Live was down for um, for customer or account migration not for anything oh, okay. else just for account migration. Wow. So that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. So I mean that's I mean not that's, good not good for the people who had to migrate the stuff over. Right, but. right. But that is that is a telling, telling statistic. That's pretty dope. Um, well, uh I would say someone who probably doesn't really need an assistant at this point, uh either virtual or Alfred, would be Batman. Uh Batman with his new iteration uh in the form of the new Telltale game that just came out. Um, and I know that Reef, you had a chance to to go hands on with that and play with that. Tell me, tell me what you think about it. Yeah, um, first of all, I was really excited about this game. Um, I've been a big fan of like Telltale's games in general. Um, they haven't been all hits, but for the most part, I think they have a good thing going. Um, and I got to you know hang out a lot with the Telltale team at GDC, and like they got me kind of like really hype about it. Um, so going into this game, my whole thing was, is this going to feel like more like a Walking Dead Wolf Among Us, or is it going to feel like Arkham, like an Arkham game with direction arrows, you know? Um, mm. And I feel like they got a really good balance between the two, because the action scenes, like the way they play out, they do feel like those cool little action scenes from the Arkham series where like you're darting from place to place and you're hanging guys up on gargoyles, you're smoke bombing. They integrated all that stuff in, but they mixed that in with the standard kind of telltale, like press this button and press up, down, left, right. But it feels natural because those motions you know, be, because Batman is such a mobile and stealth character, they really match up, I think, better to Batman's movements than they did to, say, avoiding zombies in The Walking Dead or, like, sword chops in Game of Thrones or things right. like that. So I feel like that that control method, um, you know, that it really helped to deliver action to an adventure game, basically. Um and the um, I don't think this is a spoiler, but it's not all action. There are parts where like where like you do play as Bruce Wayne in the game, um, and those parts are you know obviously more like conversation based, more about like the politics and the seediness of like Gotham and like how you kind of deal with that you know as sort of the billionaire playboy. Um, and I, I feel like those are handled well. They're a little ham fisted. Um, you know, like the dialogue is, is good, not great. Um, but those scenes are still a welcome break from the action parts. Um, and I think that they're a good start. I I will say that I, I, I hope it gets better in the next few episodes in terms of the dialogue while you're Bruce Wayne. Um, but it's like a good start. 
One thing that did bother me is that Troy Baker, who, you know, voices Batman in the game. Um, he voices everything. His Bruce Wayne is great. Not a big fan of his Batman uh, sort of like, you know, you know, his, you know, this like iteration of, of like Batman has like the the uh, the uh, voice modulator. So while it's not quite like the Christopher Nolan kind of like, like it's not that like, he, yeah, yeah, yes, that was very accurate. Thank you. Um, you know, he 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 uh, does change his voice up and yeah, it it. it, it it threw me off a bit, um, and you know, isn't it crazy how we're all craving the animated series Batman now? We call these ground oh, voice. I, yeah, I, lo- I would love the animated series right now. Um, I will say that this game it looks and feels more like the comic than I think any of the movies do, which I think is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I've been reading like the uh, new Fifty Two kind of reboot of uh, of a uh, Batman. Um, and this, this one feels closer to that than it does to any of the, uh, of the movie properties. Um, I would say one thing that also threw me off a bit about the game was that usually episode one of these adventure games, especially the, uh, tell the, uh, tell, telltale ones, usually you have to make a pretty excruciating choice in the middle or the end that leaves right. you kind of wanting more. Um, and I didn't feel that same impact from the choice in this game than I did from like previous telltale games. So while I'm bought into it because I love the franchise, I feel like if you're kind of a person that maybe likes, likes telltale games and isn't really into Batman as much, I feel like not having that hook, that's going to really drive you, um, you know, you know, through the rest of the, episodes after like having to make this like really bad choice i feel like that might knock a lot of people out and they won't want to continue on hmm. um but all in all i think it's a strong game um i think it lives up to uh batman just fine um you know and i think that they set a good stage for them to hopefully really knock it out the park with like episodes two or like episode three even do you feel like the because the one thing that most people kind of discuss besides the pick your own adventure, pick your own uh, options part of Telltale Games is the engine and how it looks. How, how, does, how does Batman look in, in the Telltale, Telltale world? Um, I'll say it looks closest to Wolf Among Us, um, hmm. which I think is oh, a that, good that thing. Makes me I happy. really like Wolf Among Us. Um, I think Wolf Among Us is still the best looking Telltale game. I think it does look better than Batman. Um, but Batman does kind of draw that kind of like graphic novel kind of look that like a, that uh, that Wolf Among Us does. Um, it's not. I mean, it is mostly night and stuff, but it's 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 not as dark and dreary as you'd expect from a Batman game. But I kind of like that, um, and I I think part of that is because they're integrating in that like Bruce Wayne part of it so there's plenty of times where you're in gotham and it's like light outside which you rarely see you know in 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 uh uh, batman stuff um so 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 yeah i you know it's it's the same engine i mean it feels like it's the same engine i'm not sure if they built a new one or not but it definitely feels like it's the same engine but i guess because the nature of their games it still doesn't feel dated like i wasn't playing it like man i wish this looked better 
you know it it wasn't distracting enough for me to notice while playing the game um so like i i i think that graphically it uh it gets the uh job done now uh question is you know a lot of people when this was announced um there was some talk about telltale fatigue because they, you know they had announced um you know several games is the minecraft game um then you know then of course game of thrones which hadn't uh released and tales from the borderlands um the do you feel like do you feel like there's still meat in this ability to tell stories in this way in in, in the game in the game form you know, I, I I never quite got that question. Um, and the reason I haven't got it is because we've, like, people have been telling the same story over and over again for, like, millennium, like millennia, I guess is the word. Um, so I don't, uh, like, if the story is good, I don't think there can ever be, just like me personally, I don't think there can be too much of it. Like, you can keep on doing, like, a story about, somebody that's downtrodden that founds out there's a hero and saves the world over and over right. again. Right. Whether it's star Wars or Harry Potter or whatever. And you know, that the archetypes are still going to be there. So I don't agree that, you know, that the fatigue would rely in it strictly being a point and click adventure game. I think that the fatigue would like would like would would happen if these games didn't do enough to significantly separate themselves from the other franchises that Telltale is like working in. And so far, um, you know, I think that they've done a pretty good job establishing each one as its own entity. Now, I do think that Life is Strange, which is not a, a Telltale game, kind of still has the kind of the crown for hmm. these kind of games. Um, I think that that game definitely um, had probably the most impact. Well, actually maybe, maybe season one of walking dead also right. had a, a pretty sh- strong impact as well. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think that the fatigue will like, come from the mechanic. I think it'll come from, you know, if you're literally telling the same exact same s- story, over again which i don't think has been the case here yeah it's interesting to see kind of uh, again this is one of those games that just came out you know during during a glut of a bunch of really good games coming out and people had expectations for it and it feels like it's matching those expectations where people were really excited for it and it's doing fairly well it does make me think of how how far they can pull and push this particular narrative um where I do kind of I do kind of understand where he's coming from in that respect and that question where it comes from because I think it 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 has the ability to do things really really well but I think that the limitations of if you want to call Telltale Games a platform are showing themselves to be semi evident I I think and I, and I guess this is a question I have for you Reef is you know, you talked about the action sequences and things like that. They, they felt natural to the way that Batman moved and things like that. Is there is there a part of that that you feel like could be maybe, and I haven't played it, could be maybe added to or maybe, you know, 
you know, from what I saw in the trailers, it looked like sped up or, or kind of made into more of a QTE kind of thing that feels different than, than what we usually see in, in the kind of Telltale game. Oh, absolutely. I think that would be perfect. Um, I think of, like, for example, the um, boss battles in the uh, third Arkham game. Um, in um, God, I forgot the name of it. Uh, Arkham Origins. Arkham Origins, yes. In in the in the uh, in the non Rock City game. <laughs> right. Okay. So, like, the big thing uh, about that game was that they like had these like kind of like scripted boss battles. While they weren't quite QTEs, you definitely had to. Well, they they were QTEs, I guess. Um, but like, you kind of had to learn the patterns of the boss. And then make sure that you're ducking and like pressing buttons in like a, the right way. And I actually really like that part of that game. Um, I think that there, I personally think that there's nothing wrong or out of the ordinary to have a game with the action scenes of an Arkham game combined with the investigation and conversation part of the Bruce Wayne game? part of the Telltale game. <laughs> You know, I, I mean, I, I don't think I, I don't think that they have to be these two kind of separate worlds. So I think that the Telltale property, they could do a full out action part of it, you know, if they wanted to. Um, and on the Rock City part, they could make sure that there's parts where you get out of the suit and that you're actually like, you know, in the city and, and like tr- trying to find things out the uh, quote unquote like a legit way, you know? So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do think that they could pump it up and that would make for a better product. That's dope. I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm hoping that I'll get a chance to play it soon that me and Reef, I mean, me and C will be able to kind of give our perspectives on it in a not too long, right. uh, not too long from now. Um, but right now what we're going to do is we're going to pay some bills. Uh, we're going to thank our folks from fracture, uh, for sponsoring our show and sponsoring uh, shows on ESN.FM. Uh, and we're going to let C do that right about now. I want to talk about our brand new sponsor, Fracture. What Fracture does is it takes the lost art of printing photos and it makes it fashionable again. Uh, imagine being able to take your precious moments and uploading them to a website and in a few days having a borderless, all-glass, vivid and sleek version rendition of your memory that you can place in your home or in a family's home or just display on a on a table what have you very very easily and it matches any decor because like i said it's borderless and it's glass and it's beautiful it's it's science um fracture is amazing fracture is affordable and fracture is easy so what you guys want to be able to do is uh, you want to use Fracture, obviously. So you want to go to FractureMe.com slash podcast. Answer the one question survey where they ask you where you heard about Fracture. And of course, you're going to say in Chicago where everything is dope. Spawn on me. And you watch the video. You can save some money and you're going to use Fracture. Fracture is amazing. Check them out. FractureMe.com slash podcast. Answer the one uh, one question survey. And let them know Spawn on Me sent you. Thanks. Hey guys, this is Milton, host of the Slavomic Gamer Podcast, where I talk all things gaming and nerdy, from anime to zombies and everything in between. You can find me on iTunes and SoundCloud at Slavomic Gamer.
Thanks, everybody, for coming back and hanging out with us. This is episode 128 of the Spawn of Me podcast. You know, we had a lot of conversations in the first half of our show. We talked about esports. We talked about the Olympics. We talked about the new Batman game. We talked about the new Xbox. But we didn't talk about something that we're going to talk about right about now. Our friends over at Square Enix and IDOS are in the news again because they have done a bad thing. Have they done a bad thing? <laughs> have they done a bad thing? All they did was say that Augs lives matter. I mean, that is the thing that you would say if you have no heart. <laughs> so, oh man. You know what? See, did, did you want to go into this? So, so, who wants so, to take this bag of poo? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the poo holder. Um, so, uh, boo boo. So, so rem- if you guys remember from, uh, E3 last year, E3 2015, where Deus Ex Mankind Divided was first announced, um, Eidos PR called it, uh, they talked about the separation of the augmented people and and regular humans and they coined the phrase the mechanical apartheid and immediately um marginalized people looked at that and their their bullshit radar started going going bananas and haywire uh and for a while people were trying to explain to idos how uh, how that phrasing could be problematic um and they stood behind it um and it seems like not only did they not learn their lesson but they have doubled down and 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 really kind of like thumbed their nose at at marginalized folks all around the world especially here in the United States and you know and with this development house being just north of the United States in Montreal, um, they they sent out a big fuck you because the new piece of PR is called Augs Lives Matter, A-U-G-S, uh, short for augmented people. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that in the game, uh, the upcoming game that's being released in the next couple of weeks, uh, uh, Deus Ex Mankind Divided, that uh, the people that are augmented are called Augs. And uh, they are being uh, some, you know, summarily hunted by by normal humans, and are being treated like marginalized folks. So they decided, let's pull from real life yet again and use um, some problematic language yet again by uh, co-opting the Black Lives Movement, uh, Black Lives Matter slogan, and use it for our PR. Now, on its on its surface, I would say that if this was the first thing that they did, that I wouldn't I would find it problematic, but I would give them a pass and say that, you know, maybe they're paying a very weird type of homage to the Black Lives Matter movement. And they're and, you know, they, they've they're showing um, maybe some solidarity with it and, and kind of showing how uh, disruptive it can be within the confines of a video game and in this world. And maybe they're even trying to do that in the game. But the fact that they use that behind mechanical apartheid um, really, really makes things sound really fucked up. 
Um, Kai, what do you uh, what do you feel about this? Tell me how you love this. First, first, I have to give a huge shout out to my mustard eating mustard splainer friend. Yes, uh, Manvir Air <laughs> of, of of Bioware. Uh, who's working on that Mass Effect game that we are all super sexy wanting to have in our pockets and in our consoles for shouting these people out and being like, hey, that seemed a little bit unreasonable uh, on Twitter. And also our our friend Turek Musa, who who we had that conversation about uh, the first incident with. So it it feels like at this point, usually you want to give people the benefit of the doubt and you want to say, you know what, maybe there is some... loss in translation maybe there is some misunderstood reasoning maybe there is some kind of form or fashion where wires get crossed and people from uh other other places that are not the united states don't understand the the kind of weight and gravity that particular political movements are having in our country right this does not seem like that. No. <laughs> this feels like, in the words of my grandma, you fucking with me. <laughs> <laughs> this what it feel. This is what it feels like when we have these conversations uh, from uh, you know last year and said, "Hey, here are some things." The thing that actually bothers me is not the fact that this is a part of their marketing material. It, that bothers me in some in some respect because it disrespects what's happening for black people and disrespecting what's happening in the Black Lives Matters movement. The part that actually is the more distressing part is the fact that they don't understand what side of the fence they want to be on. Talking about the two two two, two folks who 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 kind of were tasked with talking about these things in the media to uh, to other folks or, or at least people who are in higher parts of the kind of development process uh, for this particular game. So you have Andre Vu, who is the person who spoke with Manveer and kind of brushed it off and said, you know, you know, we're just, there is no real problem here. Uh, the words that were thought in our game happened way before the current events. Right. And it feels like this is an, an unfortunate coincidence for sure, which Manveer then basically called out as bullshit. Um, and it, it feels like the same kind of conversation that happened before uh, with Jonathan Jacques uh, Belletier, uh, who spoke about this in the first incident with the uh, mechanical apartheid thing. I don't understand what IDOS is trying to do with this game. We've heard the premise behind this game on numerous occasions where they are trying to have this really deep uh, uh, political story. But anytime people call them out, on the fact that they're basically twisting politics and twisting history to fit a narrative, which could be dope, which could be really cool, but doing it in fucked up ways that doesn't pay attention to the historical value or the historical references that they are trying to pull from is really annoying. It's annoying to say like, yo, I see what you're trying to do. It doesn't really hit well. Maybe we should pull that back or rethink it. So there was a conversation that happened on Twitter today earlier where there was another uh, journalist who was talking to Manveer and he was talking about how, you know, this was a part of the game already and this and he didn't see an issue with it because it was a part of how, uh, 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 you know, black people uh, were are represented now and how we weren't looked at as human and augs in this particular landscape and game uh, and setting are kind of mirrored in that way. And 
people are like, okay, that's reasonable. Just don't use that phrasing. That phrasing is the problematic right, part. Right. So I don't know. It's 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 a lot of it's a lot of small bits and pieces that just rub me wrong, and I just don't understand why the folks who are behind this particular project can't just say we want to use these words and these messages. We just keep fucking it up. Because that's all I want you to say. I think it's because they don't want to. They don't want to use them. I don't think they mm. really want to delve into the issues that are behind those phrases. I think what this comes down to is advertising is designed to get a response. However, mm. and to get people talking about it. People are talking about it. People are debating mm-hmm. it. We're talking about it. It's, you know, you know, they, they got freaking one of the people, you know, intimately involved with Mass Effect to talk about it. Right. You to know, stop what he was doing. You know, to talk to them. You know, hip hop yeah. gamers talking about it. Right. All these other shows talk about it like I I mean, I honestly think that they just threw it out there and said, Look, this is gonna provoke people, this might anger people, but it'll get people talking about it. Let's deal with the fallout. My question to both of you is this is I of all the stuff that's been slated to come out fairly soon, this was not really high on my radar to be a thing that I was super excited to worry about going and purchasing. I, I guess my question is, were you kind of looking out for the new Deus Ex game in a real way? And, and does this change your mind about whether or not you're going to purchase well, it? Well, I definitely was because I really enjoyed the last game. Um, and the original Deus Ex is, is one of my top games of all time. So I was definitely looking out for this one. Though the mechanical apartheid thing definitely sour, definitely sour. Definitely soured me to it. They also had a really weird um, pre-order thing where like you could like right. augment yes. your pre-order. Yes. And it was just microtransactions gone to hell. It was ridiculous. Right. right. So, so they changed that. And now this. So, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm going to rush out and get this one because I feel like I got to wait to see until Voices I Trust have played through this game and let me know if it's super problematic or not. Um I- because it could be that they have some super nuanced, detailed mm-hmm. explanation and situations that actually treat these things in a respectful light. But that advertising ain't going to show that shit. All it's going to do is just <laughs> throw shit out there and say, hey, we're being controversial. Res- like, respond. You know? Yeah. So so, so I think most likely I'm going to wait until folks, you know, like the Manveers and the Austin Walkers and like those folks out there that I know have an eye for these things can like comment on it. Um, and then and then I'll decide as, as much as I love the franchise, they feel like they're being really loose um, with these phrases. And I think it's disrespectful. Yeah, I, I um, Deus Ex Human Revolution was a great game with problematic bits in it and terrible endings um the the endings in in human revolution were the were the absolute worst um but so i don't know that i was necessarily looking forward to this game i was i was hoping to give them a chance uh, because it seems like they took a lot of the the mechanics from uh, Human Revolution and turned them up to eleven, um, and and a lot of the descriptions that they had about uh, what they were going to be doing seemed really interesting. But uh, you know, the mechanical apartheid turned me off. 
Um, this this obviously is is even more egregious um, because it's on top of on top of that. Um, it, you know, I think I'm going to have to take a wait and see approach to it. I really do in my heart of hearts. I believe that they will that they will approach like this game will be an allegory for race relations um in 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 so much that the, you know like this marketing isn't by accident um it's not an unfortunate coincidence uh and and as manver said uh you know this guy works in marketing if you work in marketing you you know that you have to be able to pivot and yep. and and switch switch slogans on a dime um you know there's a reason that you don't find kids named Hitler anymore, named Adolf, you know, no, nobody's no, no kid is named Adolf Hitler, you know, or named Adolf. And in fact, I don't know anybody with the last name Hitler. I'm sure if there were people that were, had the last name Hitler, they've changed their name by now. So, you know, if, if, if you're going to sit here and say, oh, well, you know, we were thinking about, we were, we were the Augs lives matter hipsters. you know, we were the lives matters hipsters then you could you could realize that you know oh hey wait a minute you know maybe we shouldn't use that we can come up with our own slogan that we can um you know that we can proliferate through our our game and create you know create something new that maybe someone else will will borrow in the future um but instead they use that that was lazy it was tired it was fucked up um, and, and it, and it really is it, it, and really insensitive. And because of those things, um, it, it would take a, an incredibly great game that someone else tells me about to make me spend my purchasing dollars, um, to endorse the, the cavalier bullshit that they pulled over the last 14, 15 months. I figured out a way that they could get me back. Yeah. If they have in the game a Augs Lives Matter march, but the person who's holding the banner is Leticia from the oh from the first goodness. game. <laughs> can she say Augs? Can she say I don't even know if right. she can say Augs right. with the way they made her that Eggs, character work. Eggs Live Matter. Eggs Live Matter. <laughs> I just say Augs, Captain. Right. Boss uh, Captain. Come boss. on, boss. Yeah. Yeah, so if they if they make her the, the the person who gets to say that in the game, I will totally. They are the fucking that. worst, man. Oh my god! I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We have we have a couple more stories, real quick. I got a chance to finish up uh, Headlander, uh, the game from Double Fine and put out by the Adult Swim folks. That game is fire. I love that game. It's it the aesthetic is beautiful. The the gameplay mechanics, which kind of run on this color coded uh, puzzle spectrum uh, that's mixed with a little bit of shooting and a little bit of uh, kind of uh, what do you call it? Uh, Not Castlevania. What's the uh, Metrovania Metrovania uh, uh, style as Mm -hmm. well is super well done. I remember I got a chance to play it at the mix. At the mix event at, at, at IGN right. uh, during GDC week, and prior to that, I got a chance to get some hands on with it too. But seeing it out in the world and actually having a chance to have played it fully and, and all the way through, bravo to to Double Fine. Double Fine has been putting out some freaking dope games, yeah. man. Yeah. Double Fine has been putting out some dope stuff, and besides Double Fine putting out dope stuff, Adult Swim 
they are putting out a lot yeah. of cool stuff. Yeah. They are putting out a lot of cool games that I think, you know, when they talk about publishers and they're talking about people kind of making stuff on the periphery that is both fun and entertaining and kind of quirky, they are knocking it out of the park right now as far as getting that stuff done. I know that I know that you haven't finished it, Reef, and I'm not sure if you if you've played it yet. See, no, you haven't played it, Reef. Reef, what are your your quick uh, impressions of, of of Headlander? It's a game, you know, as uh, they used to say in uh, Giant Bomb. It's a game with style. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just one of those games that just screams out. Like you know, it just has its own kind of weird 70s retro but we're in the future with with robots and floating heads like it's it's just one of those games that's really visually appealing um you know and also the music is great um i don't know if you get this option on on um console but you can buy the soundtrack if you buy it on a uh, steam and the soundtrack is actually really good i would uh, i would recommend that you purchase that if you can um but you know it it's it's pretty difficult for me um and i'm not sure why because usually usually you know i'm i i can figure something out if i bang out my head if oh sorry if i bang my head <laughs> i don't know what that i don't know what happened um no cuz you're thinking that you're part of the headlander game. yeah exactly i am a headlander um but uh, yeah i've i've gotten really stuck in this game i'm on a part now that i've i've tried you know, maybe for a good 25 minutes, wow. uh, which, which, you know, I'm not trying to brag, but for me, that that's a kind of a long time to be completely stuck on one part of one of these games. Um, but it's one of those things where I had a similar thing with, with like inside as well. And, and when I figured it out, it was so rewarding that I was glad I didn't look it up. Right. Um, so I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep on trying it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just really cool. It's like visual, you know, the the uh, art design, um, and also the different options that you have in terms of how to navigate through the world. I think is like pretty impressive because you know if you're good at like aiming, like you can get like headshots, or like you can like kind of like take your head off and like vacuum off other people's heads. There's like kind of like a <laughs> A, a like stealth mechanic of like hiding behind the these like barriers so like it's a puzzle game but they also give you a lot of options to um to uh, deal with combat or to quickly get out of combat which i think is is is, is like really impressive because i think that with a game like this that has such great uh graphics are in like a puzzle solving i feel like they could have really sk- skimped on the combat but they uh, didn't, and you know, I, you know, I, I, I think it's dope. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on. Um, I don't know what level it is, but I, like I have to adjust a bunch of satellites. Um, so I think it's still pretty. It's pretty, uh, the I, satellite I adjustment level. Yeah, yeah, I think it's still pretty early on. Um, but um, yeah, it's 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 a fun little indie game. I think it's cool. Yeah, the, and really quickly, if you don't know the premise behind why it's called Headlander, basically you are this disembodied head, and you're basically taking control of these robots that are that are in the space stations that you find yourselves in, and you're commandeering them to take over their bodies and then use whatever the powers that they had to get through the levels, to get through the 
situations that you find yourselves in. And it's also really cool because some of them dance and it's pretty dope. Yes. Like the yep. little dancing segments are pretty dope. I found so again, someone's dog too, which was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty dope. So I'm hoping to do uh, uh, maybe a, a actual video review of this. Maybe it'll go up on, on, on our YouTube channel. Uh, I have some footage that I took from it and do some of that. Um, but definitely go buy that game. That game is great. You should absolutely play that. That is a not I'm not going to say it's on my game of the year list, but it's definitely in the runner up uh, segment uh, for sure. Oh, so uh, what's it? What's it available on? Let people know. Uh, it is available on, I believe, uh, PS4, uh, Steam. Uh, I'm not I sure. Think I think it. it's on Xbox as well. I don't think it's on. Xbox. It might be on Xbox. Yeah, it may be on Xbox as well. I'll, we'll double check and we'll put a link in the show notes for that. Um, but Reef, I know you mentioned really quickly in passing the the wonderful game uh, Inside, um, yes. and I know that I have played that. I know that you have played that, and C, I know, I believe, played that as well. Mm-hmm. And we have finished it. And uh, here's a point where, if you want to disconnect from the show because we may possibly talk about some spoilers, now would be the perfect time to do so. Um, and uh, if you do, if you do leave. Go buy Inside and then play it because we're yeah. going to talk about it because it's fucking amazing. So um, don't waste your time not listening to us uh, unless you're going to be playing Inside. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, see, I know I know that you got a chance to finish it. What are your thoughts on, on Inside? Because Inside was pretty dope. Uh, yeah, so it was pretty dope. Um, y- you know, uh, so lots of lots of media outlets have given it a 10. Um the game is fucking weird, man. And um <laughs> it's it's really cool. The puzzles the puzzles are awesome. You know what you know what was really amazing to me was halfway through the game, so you know, the game feels a lot like limbo when you start first start playing it. Um and, and you know, you have these gruesome deaths now with color. Um what was really dope to me was one of my favorite games from a couple of generations ago or the, my favorite franchises was the Abe's Odyssey, Abe Oddworld franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That Oddworld mechanic was was there in abundance in this game. And I loved every second of that. Like, I, I love the fact that you, know, you go and you, you, you put the mind control device on and you're controlling these the zombie hordes. Um, and you like, you know, there's no story, so you don't know exactly what's going on. And then finally, when you have to fight that pig, um, you, you kind of get a sense of what's happening. Like there's some parasite that's making everybody go, making everyone feral. Um, and you know, this parasite is just kind of taking every, everything over. Um, and then, you know, once you get that, you can remove it. And once you remove it, that's it, it you know people like calm the fuck down but like uh the odd world mechanic was dope the puzzles were really great um the game you know i spent a lot of time talking to a lot of people and you know saying oh you could play it and finish in three hours you can play four or five hours it it took me close to five hours to finish Mm -hmm. um so like there were there were points in the game where i was like oh man you know where am i in in the scheme of things um but i i guess i just suck at games so um but but <laughs> yes, it, man it i was, told you that i agree yeah it, it, it was it was 
it was amazing. It was it was a lot of fun. It was really 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 cool. Um, and and you definitely should be playing it. Reef, what did you think, man? Fantastic. Uh, very high on my game of the year list. Um, mm-hmm. I've been keeping a list so I could be a little better this year at like remembering stuff that came out early in the year. Right. And this is this is very high. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it is number one. This game had a lot to live up to because Limbo was like very fantastic. Right. And and when you first start playing, like you're kind of like, oh, well, this looks just like Limbo. This is going to be, you know, it might be cool, but it won't seem as cool because it came after Limbo. And then the right. game just twists everything on its head. Um, I thought, first of all, the whole kind of, you know, two and a half dimension view was pretty genius because even though it's a straight 2D game, like you can't go back and forth into the environment, you it felt like you were inside of... You know, every board, whether underwater or like in a warehouse or like in a lab, it felt like you were in this vast world, you know, yeah. like uh, there, there, there were like people in the foreground and the background kind of moving along with you. Like, so they did a really good job with the perspective. Um, I also thought they did a great job with color. There's not much color yes. in the game, but there is it is little splashes of color. Um, and like that always kind of hinted a little bit at like objectives and like what, and like what you, what you had to do. Um, but like never so much that I felt like they dumbed down a puzzle. I, I, I never felt like they dumbed down a puzzle. And at the same time, I, I never felt like a puzzle was so hard that I felt dumb, which is a really hard balance to get in these kind of games because this game has some puzzles where you solve them and you feel like you are the smartest motherfucker in the world <laughs> like i pass some shit like yo ain't nobody passing show right <laughs> you know like like um and, and and you know and that's something that you know that is you know only i feel like sort of the pinnacle of these kind of games like right. the metroids and those kind of stuff can really get where like you know because it's like so easy to either make it seem too easy or like too like difficult so it has the, like that p- perfect balance the um, one with it the one with the gear where the in the in the sound board yeah. portion that 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 one really gave me trouble when i finally fi- fix uh figured that one out i felt no. like no, the all right. So, so, like, if we're doing all out spoiler, which I guess like we can. Right. So, the one that I felt so smart that I did, and this is the one that took me the longest to do. I think it's the second time that you see the, um, you know, the uh, underwater long haired yeah creature, yeah. And, and this is when you're outside of the sub, right? And there's like sort of a chain, yes. that you have to jump on, dip your feet in the water, yes. So she comes over and then yes. ride it all the way back, and that's the only way you could turn the switch. That joint, I felt like a fucking genius when I did that. <laughs> you know, and they also did something which like, I feel like, you know, really great kind of like platformers like a Rayman and like Mario do, which is they don't over-abuse a mechanic. Right. Um, so they could have done that dip in the water thing several times and they could have done the mind control thing kind of several times i was really impressed at how well they spaced out the mind control stuff Mm -hmm. because the first time that i did it i I was like oh well i guess i guess this is going to be the rest of the game right 
you know, and the first time that you use mind control on someone that used that and then they use mind control Mark, that was on crazy. like someone else that was insane yeah but i was also like well i guess the game's just gonna keep scaling it up to where i have five people on mind control devices <laughs> and and they didn't do that right you know so the game was really restrained um you know in doling out these like mechanics and game play scenarios which made the scenarios that this stuff did happen even more memorable so right. just a just a fantastic game um yeah it's it's i mean i wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being my game of the year it's it's really wow. close now wow loved it yeah it was it was one of those experiences that when i kind of think back on it i ask myself why did it kind of resonate with me and it, it's i i love the, the the stuff that uh, Limbo did and playing with light and dark and with and with shadow and light and those things they raised that level up to ten with with inside there was there's a very specific part and and actually with with the graphical parts they played uh, and, and and kind of ramped up the audio, audio in this was game great. was phenomenal yeah, audio was great the audio in this game was phenomenal, yeah. like stepping through puddles mm -hmm. and differentiating between um, materials and like small things like that. Yeah. Like, I don't know if they had a Foley artist for this game, but it feels like they did. I remember this one particular part and I saved it on my Xbox or my Xbox one. Cause I bought it on my Xbox um, was when you jump out, you jump into this container of water. Right. And it's the first time you kind of dip beneath the surface mm -hmm. in a real way where you're coming from a particular height into water and you splash through it and then it mutes the audio just fades out mm -hmm. and stuff like that it's like telling a story through the mechanics of the game and also kind of understanding how those things would kind of permeate their way throughout the rest of the game totally totally made that experience super super awesome it was one of those one of those things that after I finished playing it I one was super confused Right. Uh, two, I was happy I had the experience, and then three, it made me think about what I had just gone through, mm -hmm. and I haven't really had that feeling since really Bioshock Infinite, hmm. in a way that that kind of made me sit there for a second and kind of like uh, uh, sit with myself and think about what what was actually had just transpired. So, Inside Inside is amazing. I think I think it's a game that you should definitely play, and it's not that we're being kind of obtuse about why we're not saying super specific things we have said some spoilers spoilery things but we're still trying to figure i think most people if you ask them what the hell we kind of experienced like what the story was about i was just about to ask that question i was gonna ask because yeah. so i finished the game yesterday mm -hmm. um so i mean this is super fresh for me and um like can someone tell me what the fuck the story is like, I mean, first of all, it's all interpretation. But to me, right. it was all about these experiments getting out of whatever this containment place was. And my interpretation was that the blob died at the end, mm -hmm. but it died happy because it finally it got away. was outside of these experiments from whatever group this is. Nice. So, like, that was my interpretation with just okay. a bunch of experiments trying to get out trying to stop trying to be free so the like the the drone people were experimental people 
That's and what then, and then I, Mike, I, I mean. I mean, they made it clear that the that 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 they were running tests on them. Like they had them right. in that line and had them right moving right. around and yeah. assembly line and doing right. like labor and stuff. So. Right, but now, but right, and they, you know, and they, and they clearly were like indestructible zombie like people. Yeah, but were they were they human once and are now not? Like you know, and like who is the kid, and where did the kid come from? Oh, and I don't even think I don't even think Jonathan Blow can answer that. Right. <laughs> like, like, like that, yeah. that's. I, but, but 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 the question is, does that need to be answered? Um, like, like, does that change the emotional experience you have playing the game if you know where the kid is from? Uh, no, it doesn't change. It doesn't change the emotional experience. Um. But I was confused as fuck when I was done. Like, what did I just do? I enjoyed what I did. I and technically loved everything that was going on. Um, you know, it was really, really abstract. Uh, like, everything you guys are talking about, the water, the puzzles, the music, um, the lack thereof, uh, the, the, the attention to detail, um, all the crazy things that were happening, all of that stuff was amazing. But I was just, when I was done, I couldn't tell you, like, if someone, if someone were to ask me what this game is about, I wouldn't be able to tell them. Really? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I wouldn't, I would be able to say, you know, you play as this kid, and you go through the game, and you solve puzzles, and there's platform elements, and it's great, go play it. But, like, yeah. I, I That's mean, all they need to know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I it, fe- it just it felt like the it felt like the Uber clone story. Mm. Yes, you know what I mean. Right. It felt like that kid was seeking to be in that blob to feel whole whole again, and then got to be that, and then you know die a happy death. Like that, it feels like it was the immediacy and kind of like the the old ultra fatalistic version of like y- you get this one life fulfill it to the to the to the utmost in whatever version that is and then you get to die happy yeah yeah and that's that's what it felt like to me like that's what it felt like the the end story was or the the kind of like allegory was for the for the whole for the whole thing and it it, it felt kind of poignant in that way where it didn't it didn't need to linger longer than it did right. which was nice. Yeah, it was a perfect length for I feel like what they were trying to do. Yeah. I yeah. I so um you know, I'd heard I listened to other shows where they talked about the game uh in very ab- abstract terms and I you know, read uh some reviews and saw some scores that were all excellent. Um, and then I listened to the two of you guys talk about this game and, and um, uh, you know, Kai, you said it was amazing um, on your short list. Reef, you had even more um, uh, superlatives to to kind of, you know, heap upon it. And I I left the game last night not necessarily feeling as high on the game as you guys did. Um, but. Being able to talk about it and being able to just kind of hear you guys uh, say what you have to say 
help me to understand. It helps is helping me to understand just how great the game was because it's 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 a game where you can there is no definitive answer like you know because I go back to games at the beginning of the year I go back to Oxenfree um, which I thought was superb Um, obviously we talked uh, a little bit on the show about uh, the beginning of Firewatch and how that resonated with me personally in my own personal life Um, but but this game is just kind of eccentric and and abstract enough that it is a conversation piece where people can actually sit down and talk about how the game made you feel and how you interpreted the story. And that is something that doesn't happen enough in games that that really makes a game great and, and really makes the medium itself great and how it, you know, it helps to evolve the medium. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I'm really starting to come around on my feelings on the game as we're speaking right now. So thank you, both of you. Well, you're welcome because we're great. Yes. But (laughs) it'll be interesting to see how that conversation, exactly what you kind of touched upon, translates to No Man's Sky when that drops too. Because I think that's going to be one of those things where it's going to be the same kind of what was your experience? What did you take from it? Mm -hmm. what What were the parts that made you feel good or bad? And then how does that translate to your amount of fun that you had or 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 how you enjoyed that piece of medium? So we'll see. It's a lot. It's it's, it's dope to see art kind of push itself out like that. I think Abzu is going to be like that when I get a chance to play that as well. You know, people could keep talking about that as the underwater version of Journey. And it looks gorgeous and all those kinds of things. Bound as well that's going to be dropping when this when this show comes out. Uh, it's going to be another one of those games that's going to be talked about in that way. So we shall see it's been a lots great of great summer stuff. for games. Great. This summer, summer has been phenomenal yeah. for games. Yep. So, so good. So what else is good is us leaving you on a high note. Uh, we're going to boogie up out of here. Uh, we know that C has his magical, mystical social media business to share with you all. Do that, sir. Yeah, I can uh, definitely do that. Uh, if you want to follow us, you can go to our Twitter page, go to at Spawn on Me, and you can find uh, not only the show, but all of the great, wonderful voices that you hear here and uh, check them out. And uh, you can follow us. Please do uh, ask us questions. Send us information. And uh, if you want to listen to the show, and you want to share it out. You can go to iTunes or uh, NPR one or Google Play, or any other place where you generally would find your favorite uh, podcasts. Uh, Check them out. If you're on iTunes or a place where you can review, uh, please review uh, the show. It really, really helps us out. Um, We'd really appreciate it. It's been a while since we've gotten some reviews. Please uh, do do that. Uh, Earlier in the the show, I asked for questions. I know you can send uh, questions and comments uh, via Twitter. But uh, also, you can email them to us. So go to spawnonmepodcast at gmail.com, and you can send us emails there. Um, And then if you want to also help us keep the lights on, help us go to conferences, um, help us do great things, go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash spawnonme, and donate as little as a dollar per month. to help Chicago keep the buses running. 
So we're about to get up out of here. Um, a quick plug for my new project, allourskies.com. No more, no man's sky is going to be dropping on Tuesday when this show is dropping. Again, also thanks to to the wonderful folks over at Game Attack Radio for sharing uh, the the site out with their community as well. Um, but you'll be able to submit the day that the game goes live. The site will not go live until the 14th, but the game will be out on the 9th. So you'll, there's a submission link both on our homepage uh, and also on uh, our Twitter uh, feed. So you'll be able to kind of see it there. Use the hashtag uh, AOSNMS uh, if you do upload anything to Twitter so that I can find it and help figure out a way to put it on the site. So again, thanks to everybody. Much love to y'all, Bricago. We will see you all next week. Peace. Peace. Hey.